Social Work Licensure Compact, episode 95 on the Social Workers Rise podcast. Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. This episode is proudly brought to you by the RISE Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. I am so excited to be back. I took a summer break from the podcast, which was much needed. So I spent a lot of time at the beach, at the pool. I have discovered uh, the Margarita Trulies, which are the only seltzer drink that I could possibly drink because I don't like seltzer, but the Margarita Trulies really are, they're the best one. So if you're on the lookout, that would be my recommendation. Uh, But this summer has been really eventful as far as the social work industry and industry developments. So today we're going to talk about the social work compact or the social work licensure compact is what they're calling it. And this is really exciting because this will allow you to use your clinical license or your LCSW license LICSW license in different states. So the exciting thing about this is that you're going to be able to be mobile. So if you are in your home state, you have your LCSW license. Once this goes into effect, you would be able to use your license in the other states who join the compact. This would be called the compact states. And if you are participating in this, then they're going to call you a regulated social worker. And these terms are important because I might use them uh, as I'm kind of giving my my information to you. And I want to make sure that we are clear. A regulated social worker is if you are licensed in your state according to your state rules. And you must have passed the national clinical exam. So if you are a BSW license, I'm sorry, it doesn't count or it doesn't apply to you yet, you will uh, be able to participate in it once you get and pass the clinical licensing exam. And the clinical licensing exam, there's also been drama about that, Uh, but we will get into the the exam in, in later weeks, definitely talk about that and the passing rate for different demographics. But today we're just gonna talk about the social work compact. So the information that I'm giving you today is based on meetings and communications with the National Center for Interstate Compact. 
just to be clear, I am not affiliated with them. I do not work for them. I do not get money for this episode from them. I wish I did, but I don't. I am just here giving you the information as I understand it, as it has been written um, today as of, oh my gosh, I don't even know the date, but as of August 2022. So what it is, is it's a way that you can use your LCSW license to practice in telehealth in different states. And this is how it's written right now. So all of this information is subject to change because they are seeking your opinion and your input before they finalize the official compact. And states will not sign on to this compact until it's finalized. So that's why this information is so important that you know this right now, because now is your time to read the compact as it's written and give your feedback. They have this really extensive form. It's not really extensive, but it took me about 25 minutes to fill out the form to give my feedback because they ask you questions based on each section. So it really does give you the chance to provide your insight and opinion on how this is going to play out in the real world, the problems that you see or the good things that you see, and um, and give your give your opinion on that. So very important because you are the one who it's going to affect and you are the one who is going to be using it, right? So it's important that you are able to have a voice in how it's shaped. So right now it's telehealth, right? My beef with this is that clinical supervision is not included in this. So right now it is purely telehealth and the information that I got from the National Center for the Interstate Compact on why clinical supervision is not included is because it's too cumbersome, was the word that they use, too cumbersome to include this in the compact as it is now, which I disagree with. And I made it clear in my, in my communication with them on the feedback is that if we are going to allow LCSWs or you know, the regulated social worker to practice in different states, they need to be able to also offer clinical supervision in those different states because one of the main goals is to address the workforce shortage that we have right now in this country of social workers. And unless we provide a way for social workers to get trained in this area, then we're always going to have a workforce shortage. And it's very short-sighted to not include clinical supervision within those states. If we can navigate around all the different therapy laws and reporting laws in the different states, clinical supervision definitely needs to be one of those areas that is included because we also have a shortage of clinical supervisors. So if your clinical supervisor moves out of state because they can with this compact, right? They can move to a different state and still practice and it's fine. They don't have to apply for a a different state license. They don't have to take any more tests. It should be the same with clinical supervision because now those supervisees have lost their clinical supervisor. So it does not support the mobility of the license and it does not unify the licensing requirements as the goals are stated. So very important that we advocate for clinical supervision to be included in this. Okay. 
that is my <laughs> that is my rant about clinical supervision. Let's go on. So when in order to get this interstate license, it would be within your home state. And you would go through the same process that you apply now currently, right? You renew your license. It's the same process. But with this, you may have to pay additional fees because it would be an additional license that you would now qualify for. So there could be additional fees that may be determined by your state, but also the compact committee can also impose fees on the states that participate. And likely they're going to pass those fees on to you. So it's not the states paying them. It's going to be you paying the fees. Uh, let's see. You must meet the qualifications for licensure according to your home state. So this is where you reside. And those rules and regulations apply. Um, same thing with your renewal. If you need continuing education for your renewal license, then that is going to be governed by the state that you are in. There's no additional continuing education. So by just defaulting to your home state, it's saying, hey, we trust your home state to monitor and, um, and regulate your license. And we also honor it in these other states, a lot like they have done with the driver's license. So each, each state that you would get a driver's license in, there's different rules, different driving um, laws, but you can your license is valid across different states. So it's the same type of concept. Additionally, if you wanted to participate in the compact, your state must have opted in to the compact. And if you move out of a state, out of that state, into one who is not in the compact, then unfortunately you get kicked out and you're not able to participate anymore. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you're enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to this ad from our sponsor. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses, including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an Introduction to Suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Do you love horses, nature, and being outside? Do you dream of having a successful career working with horses and helping humans? Horse Therapy Center of Canada provides certification and professional training 
to mental health professionals like you who want to launch a business or career in equine assisted therapy. With three different delivery methods, you can become an equine assisted therapist in as little as four days. For Social Workers Rise podcast listeners like you, my friend, Horse Therapy Center of Canada is offering you up to $700 off of their certification and training programs. So don't wait. Start your career in equine assisted therapy and learning today. Check the show notes for how you can get started. Um, The other interesting thing about this is that the states within the compact will share your information via a database and any disciplinary actions that you have on your license will also be known. The compact regulations, um, they trump the state regulation. So the compact may have stricter rules uh, than your state does in order to get this license. For example, um, the compact is going to implement background checks which some states do not implement background checks. And the way it's written right now is we don't know the extent of those background checks. What are they looking for in those background checks? Are they going to deny your interstate license because of something they have in the background? We don't know. It's not very clear in how it's written right now. So it is important that you know that if you choose to participate in, in uh, telehealth in other states, it is your responsibility to know and abide by the laws of the states that you're going to practice in. For example, there may be conflicting laws around abortion rights or even you know trans youth, transgendered people. Um, so those are just two, for example, topics that it's important that you know what the rules are in the states that you choose to practice in. And you, when you're practicing there, you'll be under the jurisdiction of the state your client is in. And you can elect whether you want to participate in a a certain state or not. Um, So this is where it gets a little confusing because while your license is governed by the state that you live in, you still have to abide by the laws that your client is in. And there can be a state that says, hey, we don't want you to practice here anymore. But if your home state says, you know, oh, okay, well, that's whatever happened. That's not an issue here. We'll leave the license alone. So individual states can ban you from practicing in them. But but coming after your official license, that would have to come from your home state. So as far as, you know, the timeline that they're looking at for implementation of the interstate compact is anywhere from 15 months to three years. So it could happen in 2023 or not until, you know, three years from now. Um, it really just depends on how this all rolls out. So there are a minimum of seven states that need to opt in to the compact before this will take effect. And as of right now, the compact is not finalized, so there's not any states who have officially or publicly voiced their support or said that, hey, we're going to join. So once the compact becomes finalized, it's estimated to be sent to legislators for your state for review in 2023. 
and states are likely to express interest in this compact publicly in the fall of 2022. So this fall, um, after the public comment um, time has closed, then they'll finalize the compact and they'll put it out. They're anticipating that to happen this fall, this year. So that's that's really exciting. And let's see, the way this would work is you would maintain your license in the home state where you live. And again, the renewal process is going to be the same and you'll continue the renewal process in your home state. And you would specify if you want to be included in the compact um, so that then you could go for the special compact license. But again, there shouldn't be any additional um, requirements or tests or CEUs or anything like that. Um, there just may be additional fees as always, right? So uh, let's see. I really am excited for this compact to happen. And there's a few reasons why. Because it's going to give the opportunity for social workers to work in different states. This compact is really sponsored by the Department of the Defense or the DOD because, and they're funding a lot of these different compacts, a lot of different ones. They're doing it with counselors, with teachers, with a lot of different professions because military families are highly mobile and they move around every one to three years. They don't want their spouse's career to be getting in the way of if the person has to, is able to stay in the military or not. So they're trying to be able to keep people within the military and have and eliminate this as one of the eliminate one of the barriers to having them to, to losing military families. Um, I think it'll also be really good because this will help to address the social work workforce shortage in different states. So states like California, we have a good amount of social workers, but from what I've heard and what I understand is more of the rural states have a social work shortage. So being able to offer virtual telehealth or virtual therapy in these states that are more remote and that have a shortage is going to be really, really beneficial to our clients. Additionally, this does support the uniformity of social work across the states. Uh, one of the caveats or one of the requirements of the compact is that you do have a social work degree from an accredited university. So sometimes people are able to get a social work license without a social work degree in some states. Or like here in California, you can call yourself a social worker but not actually have a social work degree. So I see that as kind of being one of their ways that they are making this uniform and doing a little bit of title protection there. So that is the main gist or the, the brief summary and overview of the compact. I encourage you, look in the show notes, read the compact for yourself. And you can attend one of the weekly social work compact review meetings which was super helpful for me because they went, you know, section by section uh, on the compact and they hold these like all the time. So they're going to be going through August and they said that probably mid-September they're going to close the review or close your ability to give feedback on the compact as it's written now. So 
it took me about 25 minutes to give the feedback and complete their survey. I definitely encourage you to do that. And if you feel as strongly as I do that clinical supervision needs to be included, then definitely, definitely give that feedback. And what I mean by clinical supervision, I mean that a licensed clinical social worker is able to supervise um, supervisees, so people who are not licensed, right? They have not passed the clinical exam. They're still acquiring their hours. So if you are still acquiring your hours, you're not able to participate in the compact, but your supervisor might be. And if your supervisor leaves, you're kind of SOL. There, You'll be left without a supervisor because even though they went to a compact state, the supervision is not reciprocal. So you would have to find an entirely new clinical supervisor if your supervisor left and vice versa. If you are a therapist and you're supervising people within your private practice or contracting out to other agencies to provide clinical supervision, you're stuck in that state if you want to continue to provide clinical supervision, even though you can practice therapy in all of the other compact states. So it just doesn't make sense. We have to have clinical supervision included. Definitely, definitely give your feedback around that. Um, also, there will be a time that we will need to advocate to our state leaders about the need to participate in the compact. So once they have finalized the language of the compact, taken all of our feedback into consideration, they're going to make it available for states to opt in in 2023. We may be calling on you again to contact your state legislator connect with your local state organizations in order to advocate for your state to be included in the compact. So that is it. I will be back next week uh, with more social work updates and definitely check the show notes for all of the information and the links that I have mentioned. It's important to add that this episode was recorded before the ASWB released their test numbers of the eventual pass rates for the clinical licensing exam, which is horrific because the you can it's very obvious that the white people who have taken the exam have a much higher rate of passing it eventually than black and Latino people who have tried to take the exam. So know this, that if you are pissed off about that, as I am, that right now, as the compact stands, you have to pass this exam in order to get the interstate licensure for social work. So if you do not like that, if you disagree, this is your time to give your feedback because if we don't speak up now, then the compact will have this as a requirement for sure that you must pass this licensing exam, which is very skewed towards white test takers. So do what you want with that information, but it is important to add that that is another factor and another really um, important component to include in this decision. So if you are 
at all, you know, passionate about this or, um, you know, diversity and equity, making sure that everybody's included, then this is important for you to know. So make sure you make your voice known with the social work compact licensure right now before they cut off the deadline to submit feedback. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars, and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You'll have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.